0: Man, I get more out of them than you. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to tarry too long, but Luke chapter 9, verse 62. feel like the Lord's just tarrying to give an invitation. So I'm going to just say a few points and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad for heaven. Amen. And if heaven ain't in your home, then man, you got a problem. You're in a dilemma. But I got the remedy. Amen. And His name is Jesus Christ. But Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says something very profound. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer first. Dearly Father, man, I feel your spirit today. Thank you for that. We can make tribute. I'm so thankful that a life knit in Christ is not like car keys or a wallet. That when I lose them, I don't know where they're at. Father, I know exactly where Connie Farrell is. I know exactly where Barbara McClanahan is. Father, I know exactly which any any individual that has ever received you as personal Savior is. Father, you left us, as Larry Cobert once preached, you left us a forwarding address. And we appreciate that. But Father, I believe that there may be people within the the church house this morning that does not have that promise. and, And your arms are open and your grace is sufficient and your presence is in the midst. So, Father, that makes a good atmosphere to see someone saved this morning. That makes a good atmosphere where they can have not insurance, but assurance of eternal life. Help us this morning to preach us for a moment, and I believe your Holy Spirit will do what needs to be done to see that which lost which is lost to be found. In your Son's precious name To pray, and amen. I'm already over myself this morning. <laughs> Can't even talk, but praise God. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says this, And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now I'm thankful for memories and I'm thankful for for uh, to be able to hold on to things like that that we treasure. But when I'm talking about what God is in store for us, uh, we're going forward. And I know that's not always easy, but once again, you have a focal point now, Junior, that once again, we can't go back. We can't change yesterday. We are stuck in what is called linear time. I wish it would be so, but it's not. We can't step right of time, and we can't step left of time. We can't take a step backwards in time. We are forced to go forward. Now, that could be... devastating to some or can be hopeful to others. To me, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ says there's much to look forward to when we go forward. But this is the point about time. Listen, I can make a statement right now uh, that right now is where I'm standing. But you know when I made that statement just a second ago, what was present is now past. Isn't that crazy? I just made the statement two seconds ago. Watch, I'll do it again. Right now is the present. And what I just said is now in the past. That's how quick it goes from The future to the present to the past. See, the devil works and operates in the past. He loves that because he only has that. And the reality about the devil is the reason he likes the past is he's kind of afraid of the future. Because he knows there is coming a day very shortly where his leash will be pulled tight. And he will finally be sealed in the fate which he was sealed with before the foundations of the earth. But see, the devil likes to use the past because he doesn't want the future. He wants you to be stuck in the past. He wants you to keep looking in the past. And I'm telling you, I don't, I just want to tell you tonight that we have a way out of the past. We have a way out where we can look to the future. And you might be here today and, and once again we have memories and, and we cherish those memories of past loved ones. But maybe when you think of the past, it's, it's not good. Maybe when you think of the past, it's, it's your sin and your failures and your regrets. And man, they weigh heavy on a soul. And the devil keeps on, I don't know about you, I'm in a good place spiritually in my life. you know what, every time I wake up every morning, the devil says, I remember who you used to be. Now I can either hang on to that, and man, I won't go far. Or I can say, you take it up with the Lord. Because what he said is forgiven, is forgiven. And what he says is forgotten, is forgotten. And I can't go back, but I can go forward. And that's the thing about the kingdom of God. Once again, he says, I, if you're looking back, you're, you, there's nothing for you. And he uses this illustration of a farmer because once again, we can't go back. What's tilled has been tilled. What's planted or not planted is there. But we have to go forward and we gotta keep our eyes so we can... Finish this thing. You know, I I want you to start. I want you to start good. I do it. If you're a young Christian this morning, I want you to start strong. But I'll be honest with you. The Bible really is not concerned about how people start because most of the people in the Bible didn't start all that good. But what Jesus Christ is concerned this morning is how you finish, how you finish. And if you're looking back, you'll never be able to finish strong. But we have what is called repentance. And that is a fresh start. But it has to take a repentant heart, to have a forgiven heart, to be able to have a, a, a promise of our future. Thirdly, real quick, 1 Samuel chapter 28. just want to read a couple things on my heart. And Joe, don't get comfortable, brother. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Look with me at verse 3. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. So we see, listen here, Samuel was had passed away, they had already mourned him, they had already buried him. And and once again, let me say this, Uh, I, I can't help that, I'm trying to extract this from the beautiful part of the service which we just conducted with... Connie, this has nothing to do. I'm talking about the past that we are not happy about. I'm happy about the memories that we share of Connie, but I'm talking about your past that is dead and is buried. And there's a problem when we begin to conjure up and dig up that which should be left dead. Listen with me for a second. There's a story. Uh, it's not a true story, I don't think, but it, it, it brings a good illustration. So in the Vatican City, uh, where the Pope lives in the Vatican, there was a woman, a little old woman. And sure enough, it, it came about in the newspaper, an article that was published that this little old woman had seen Jesus Christ. Well, the bishop got the newspaper he said, we got a problem, takes it to the Pope, and he says, I don't know about you, Pope, but uh, this might not want to get out, that, that we've not seen a vision of Jesus Christ, but this little old woman that lives in a cottage down the road has. We might need to address this. How How is she seeing things that we're not seeing? So sure enough, the Pope sends out the bishop to the little old lady's house, knocks on the door, the little lady comes to the door. and said, can I help you? He said, yes, I'm with the Vatican. I'm with the Pope. And I'm on here on specific orders to ask you if you did indeed see Jesus Christ. She said, I did. He said, is that true? She said, it is. And he said, I want you to do me a favor. If he would happen to show himself to you again, I want you to ask him a question to prove the authority of your story. She said, ask me anything and I'll ask him in in return. He said, the next time that he shows up, I want you to ask him what I confessed last week during confessional. So a few weeks go by, nothing. Another few weeks go by, nothing. Sure enough, a newspaper arrives on the doorstep of the Vatican. Little old woman sees Jesus again. Man, the bishop's upset. And the Pope is beside himself. I thought we were going to nip this in the bud. I thought we were going to take care of this. So sure enough, the Pope sends the bishop to the little old lady's house again. Knocks on the door. The little old lady comes to the door. You know who I am. You know why I'm here. We'll get right down to business. Did you or did you not see Jesus again? I did. Did you or did you not ask him the question in which I told him, told you to ask him? I did. You asked him what I confessed at confessional last week. I did. And what was his reply? He replied to me, I couldn't remember. Folks, <laughs> I'll preach. When Jesus Christ forgives us for our sins, they are gone. Amen. They are gone. And the only reason they are brought up is if you dig them up, yeah. they are only uh, they will only arise when you allow the devil. But see, we see here that Samuel had already died, and uh, and and it says that Saul had put away familiar spirits. He had put away stuff like that. He had he, he wanted to start fresh. and And I'll tell you this today that, you know, once again, when the devil brings up our our past and he does daily, I I just tell him to take it up with Jesus. Uh, I've tried to argue with him and I've tried to plead my case and and he's a better deceiver than I am. And, And if I listen to the voice of the devil long enough, I start to believe those lies that I am indeed who I used to be. But I just say from now on, I can't argue with you. I can't fight with you. I'm no match with you. But you take it up with Jesus Christ. You take it up with Jesus Christ because his word says that if I am in Jesus Christ, I am indeed a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. That's what I tell the devil. But he loves my past. Look at me in verse 4. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came to pitch in Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel together and pitched them in Gilboa, and when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, and neither by dreams, nor by Erem, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has a familiar spirit. Wait a minute. I thought you put away those familiar spirits. I thought you said we're not going to have any of that again. And here we are trying to conjure up things of our past. Things that should be left dead. I'm telling you, when you start digging up old ghosts. I'm so glad that I have a ghost that ain't getting the ground. I have a holy ghost that's alive and well today. And I feel like preaching. But I'm telling you, this is what it says right here in verse 7. It says, the soul, soul, soul unto his servants, seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said unto him, uh, said to him, behold, there is a woman that hath that familiar spirit and endured. You know, why is it when we are disobedient, why is it when we step out of the will of God, when we aren't where we need to be, the first decision we make is to go back to where I used to be. Man. That's what the devil does. He says, man, look what you're at. He looks at our past once again, even if we just committed that sin, that sin is now in our past. We think it's in our future, but it's not. If I committed a sin five seconds after it and I'm guilty and I'm I'm miserable because of it, I have to stop and say, wait a minute, that's not my future, that's in my past. But yet we start digging up. And we see what happens here. This is what happens. He says, we have a lady. Well, you you thought you put them all away. You thought you put all those familiar spirits away. But I'm telling you right now, if, if you want to dig it up, you can find one. But it says in verse 8, this is what I want to, Joe, you come on, get ready, because I, I just feel like getting ready to give an invitation right here. This is what happens. It says in verse 8, and Saul disguised himself. Saul disguised himself. Now, I, I, like, a, I, I like an illustration. I like to have visual. I can read it, but I like to hear it. I like to be able to see it. And i have seen those Old tales where, and even illustrations of this, where they'll have a, uh, they'll be in disguise, and most of this time it would have been a cloak. And you know what happens when you're in disguise? You don't look straight up. But when you're in disguise, you you bow over. You don't want anyone to see it. And I can tell you right now, it says Saul disguised. Himself, don't, I don't want to preach on disguises, but I'm telling you right now, if your heart's not right, if you want to go back in sin, if you want to run around on your sibling, I mean on your spouse, if you want to, if you want to hit that bottle, if you want to run to that needle, then just be honest. But when we put on disguises, when we start digging up ghosts, I'm telling you, you're going to get exactly what you asked for. But that's what the past does. It disguises you from fulfilling your identity of the future. I'm so thankful that I'm not living in the past. Man, there's nothing back there for me. I I dug it out. I dug it down. I mourned it. I lamented of it. And I'm going to leave it dead. And I can ask you this morning right now, I want to read one more verse. Micah 7 and 18. One of my favorite verses in scripture. Because I'm going to Tell you the God that we serve. The God that we serve is a God that already died for your sins. Yeah, already. Amen, amen. You're sitting here this morning, man. Maybe in disguise. Maybe way down. Maybe thinking about digging up that old ghost. Here's the God we serve. Micah says this: Who is a God? Like unto thee, folks, I've not found one yet. I've not found one yet. We we went out uh Friday night to minister to the people, homeless, and just people that came around, getting food, giving clothing. There was some gentlemen from a recovery house, just starting the recovery house on the east side of Charleston, and we just said, Hey, there's free food, come. He came to, came, got the food, and he said this. He said, No joke, he said, You said you guys just invited us, and he said, As you walked by, I felt the Lord. Now, once again, I was just offering pizza. But what I'm telling you, there's this God that is pursuing you. Now, you say I'm disqualified. You say I'm unable to be used. You say there's no way he can look past my past. And I'm telling you, he says this is the kingdom of God. Any man that puts his hand to the plow and look back is not fit. My God is the king of that kingdom. And he ain't looking back. He's only looking forward. Who's looking back this morning? It's only you, and it's only the devil. But this is the God like we unto serve. Like He says, "Who is a God like unto Thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of His heritage? He retaineth not His anger forever. Why? Because He delighteth in mercy." Amen. Amen. That's the God we serve. Amen. Amen. Now praise God. I'm going to read one more verse. Yeah, God. One more verse. God God God. Turn with me to Proverbs 26 and 11. Bless you,
1: brother. Yeah. Wonderful.
0: Amen. What a wonderful God. God, God. God. You, God. Proverbs 26 God. and 11. There's an illustration here that's disgusting. It's disgusting. And if you've ever had a pet, if you've ever had a dog, you know exactly... What you're talking about. And yet Solomon, who is wiser than any king, anyone outside of our Savior Lord, Jesus Christ. And he says this in regards to people returning to their folly. What is a folly? It's a fault, it's regret, it's a sin. That's what it is. And he says, this is what individuals look like when they return to their folly. When they go back to their folly. He says it's like a dog returning To his vomit. Man, what a disgusting illustration. And see, that's what the devil loves. I don't know about you, but when my dog gets into the mess that he made, I don't sit there and let him eat it all up and say, maybe he can get it up. No, it's going to leave a stain, it's going to stink. The thing I do is kick him in the hiding and say, get out of there. Ain't nothing in that. Obviously, he threw it up because it made him sick in the beginning. And yet there he is back licking it, and that is you. If you are stuck in digging up dead ghosts, if you are stuck in your past, if you are stuck in your sin, I'm telling you, there ain't nothing back there. But we have a future in Jesus Christ. He's already prepared a way. He's already prepared a place. All you have to do is grab hold of the plow and say, "I'm looking forward." Yeah, that's right. <coughs> yeah I'll praise the Lord. So this morning, Joseph going to get song. I've got three more pages of notes, but that's all you need to know. If you're looking back, God's not with you. He's already He's already paid that sin. He says, I can't go any but you can't go back and fix it. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go back and undo every sin you ever commit? Go back and and make every decision, every regret. Good luck. It'll never happen. But what we have is grace. And what grace says is you cannot go back, but I'll smooth it over. I'll make it right. I'll clean the slate. And man, you can go forward now. You can go forward. I don't know you, as we stand right now, who wants to go forward? I'm not looking back. Are you looking back? There's nothing back there for you. The devil will wear you out about your past. And Jesus is going to wear you out about your future. Amen. you got to choose which is yours. The illustration of the cross with the two malefactors on each side. One was stuck in the past. And one was optimistic of the future. The one said, ah, save himself. And the guy said, I, I, I'm stuck here. I'm not looking back. I'm condemned just as you're condemned. But maybe, just maybe, this man named Jesus can give me a new future. And he said, today. Today. See, Jesus Christ... It's right there, bridging the gap between your past right. and your future. He says, I am the door. That is the door. How are you going to get out? Are you going to keep looking up familiar spirits? Keep digging up old ghosts? Let them die. You've mourned. You've lamented. Now move on. Now move on. Because Saul, when he finally got the ghost up, the spirit up of Samuel... And he was going to inquire of him of why this was happening to him. He says to him, why are you asking me? (laughs) Why are you asking me? And I'm telling you this morning, looking back is not going to give you any answers that you're looking for. But we have one whose arms are wide open. And he says, come unto me. Come to me. You looking for answers? You looking for hope? You ain't going to find it in the woman in the door. You're not going to find it in the spirit of Samuel. You're only going to find it in the living God, which is Jesus Christ. Joe, you sing, brother. Listen, I feel like someone wants to come to the altar. I'm sweating right now. Only preach for five minutes. I said, "Probably preach for twenty, but that's fine." But I'm telling you right now, this altar is open. We want to pray for you. Listen, there's a reason why the altar's forward and not backwards. The altar's not in the back of the church. The altar's in the front of the.